I try not to have any friends. It's very oh. simple. And then I have a lot less problems. <laughs> that actually makes it sound like a lot easier. Um, well, no, my attitude is that, you know, everyone's my friend, right? It's like just, it's, it's a question of what you're interested in. It's not a question of whether we're friends or not. It's a question of are we interested in the same things. At the same time. Yeah, at the same time. Then you're my friend because, hey, cool thing that X that you like and I like. Hey, awesome. <laughs> Usually I'm, it's, you know, sex. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Or money. Sometimes money because I like money. Uh, oh, good. Well, you uh, like money too? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about money. Um, <laughs> I, I, I want to talk about the internet. Yes. We have. And we, we have. Yeah. We go, go for it. This is, this is a great one. This well, here's my agenda for today. Um, let's make a list. Number one. Your agenda for today on Stack Exchange Podcast number 29. Where is the deli sign? We are working at They're really expensive. Deli signs They're are literally expensive. $300. Seriously, if there's anybody listening who took some kind of like electrical electronics course in high school and knows how to buy one of those little LED number displays that have like the seven segment digits and, and can make a and can purchase a counter chip and a button. Then I would always know what what Stack Exchange podcast we're on. I mean, you could have just said someone who can build us one of the deli number counter signs. Okay, and we have uh, <laughs> on the on the agenda for today is to talk about SOPA, which is so bad, and uh, hey, hey, that's that wasn't very good. Uh, also known as Protect IP, it's slightly different laws. Uh, and uh, our guest today is uh, Chris Poole. Hey, Chris. Hey. And uh, Chris is known to the public as Moot, which is his handle on 4chan. Um, but he's now got a second company, uh, which is uh, Canvas, canv.as, or just canvas.com, probably, right? No, that, that they, they want a million dollars for us so until we raise more money. That is not going to be ours. Oh, really? okay. Yeah. Can you tell us this story already? Uh, I mean, it's just a. This is his first time on the podcast, Alex. No, at, the, at NYU. When oh. we were at NYU, he was telling us. It might have been. I mean, it's just it's owned by a professional domainer, and I think every oh. domainer thinks that all of their domains are worth <laughs> seven to eight figures. Probably as you guys already know. So, yeah. there. Uh, yeah. What's harder is when there's somebody there squatting on the site, yeah. you know, getting email and operating their business. Well, they're not. Did you go to Canvas.com? This is a lame thing. I yeah. mean, it's it's like not just squatting, but like if you go there, they try to trick you into used car sales crap. Oh. Okay, well, I, I, why are you telling me to go there? Then I won't. I'm, well, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, <laughs> it's, it's, they say, they're using it for you. madness. They're uh, not using it for. They're not for running evil. a legit business that, right. You know, we would feel sorry for. It's like, or, or we'll just feel like they deserve a billion dollars. Uh, exactly. <laughs> it says the words "thank you," but it uses it doesn't in the YouTube logo style. I'll put a <laughs> screenshot no, of no this in the notes. I'll put a screenshot of this in the notes. It's hilarious. Okay. So, um, uh, 4chan. Uh, let's let's start with that actually, because 4chan is really interesting because it is the exact opposite in every way of, of, of Stack Overflow and the Stack Exchange Network. Well, not not in every way. Not it's on the internet. Uh, well, no, not exactly. I mean, the identity stuff is interesting because we, we we said for a long time that we didn't really care who you were. Like, that's that actually true. Yeah, you did. And just that's say why that. it's odd, you know, on Canvas you have to sign up with Facebook because to, to me it's like it's it's what you know that's interesting. It's not necessarily who you are. It's what you know and. Whether you're willing to share that with other people in a way right. that they can understand, that is the really interesting thing. And if you become known for that, that's great. But who you are is relevant. Like It's peripherally relevant, but not like the central thing. Well, yeah. in the case of Canvas, uh, Canvas, it's important to note that we, we only use Facebook. And the you don't, you don't actually sign in using Facebook. You just kind of authenticate your uh, native Canvas registration using Facebook. And the, the point is we wanted to kind of insert friction into the sign-up process to discourage um, kind of like your more casual trolls. 
uh, and also you know, capture your first name and email address because we send people emails uh, with their permission. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you do actually have your you know, registration, you can post on the site using a handle and you can post anonymously. You can just check a check a checkbox and uh, post anonymously. So I, I totally agree as far as kind of, I mean, with 4chan, the point has always been kind of content over creator, you know, championing the, you know, the content of what you're saying and not just you being a kind of known person to the community. Um, so I think we're totally in agreement on that. Um, Excellent. Well, you know, you should put that okay. little disclaimer. Like, yeah. in the, we we, in we the, used to do a better job with that, but again, me. I mean, we've kind of said it, that it's it's for the beta period, and so again, it'll it'll be something that'll be removed from the site at some point in the future. Okay. Cool. Well, that certainly explains that then. So, well, working my way backwards, I think. Uh, uh, I, so, Canvas is sort of one of these uh, uh, photo chat or image image based chat, right? It's kind of like we're using images to have entertaining conversations on the internet is that a good way of describing it yeah i mean that's i mean the, originally the, the goal was to kind of reimagine message boards in the sense that the forum function aesthetic of a kind of what we know as a forum hasn't yeah. changed from vbulletin phpbb in, in a very very long time well that, and that was just copies of of old usenet right exactly of like usenet and dial bbs and so right. we kind of wanted to reimagine what a what a kind of a message board experience would be especially with an emphasis on um you know media and whatnot and kind of like real time uh, would feel like, and it's shifted, you know, quite a bit. And and, and we started, you know, the, the initial product was very heavily images, and we added in two things, uh, you know, stickers, just kind of a really right. easy way of tagging things visually, and remix. And the remix is the thing that um, kind of it was an obvious feature because we were starting with images, so of course we want to let you edit those images. But I think we've been really kind of genuinely uh, surprised at how the community totally grabbed on uh, to that and, and the kind of the culture of remix and co-creation on the site is is huge so yeah it became mm-hmm. more of a kind of like collaborative um, you know like image kind of you know talking and, and kind of playing with images you kind of have an image and you're sort of batting it back and forth with a bunch of other people each sort of embellishing it um, to, to make it you know funnier or cleverer or wittier or more poignant or whatever it may be um, usually funnier well, how did that uh, how did that evolve out of your 4chan experience, and why didn't you just go legit with 4chan? So that's like one of the things that a lot of I guess I think originally VCs and, and people in the kind of industry had asked was <laughs> like if you have this huge thing. I mean, 4chan is now eight years old. It has you know, somewhere in between, depending who you ask. If you ask Quantcast, you know, eight or something. If you ask Google, eighteen million unique visitors a month, and more than half a billion page views. And so it's this huge thing. And so it seems like a no-brainer. Okay, well, why wouldn't you just make that better or make it different? And uh, I mean, that the fact that it is eight years old and so huge is, is the reason that, that I, I basically can't. Um, you know, people have come to appreciate the site for what it is, and uh, they are not a, kind of a community that you would think of as being very receptive to change mm-hmm. uh, in, in any way. So, uh, <laughs> mm. you know, to, to kind of take, take what they really love right now and to say, hey, look, we're going to kind of change this a lot um, to kind of suit my, my personal interests. You know, I want to work on something new. Uh, wouldn't really jive very well with the community. And so the decision was made to kind of, you know, in order to explore kind of new ideas um, and, you know, in order to kind of build a new community to, to, to you know, just kind of start start fresh, it, it had to be done, um, you know, separate from 4chan. Yeah, makes sense. What was, so what, 4chan is weird. There's a few things that I don't, I don't think people notice there. One is um, stuff doesn't last very long on 4chan, right? It's not a it's not sort of permanent record. Right, there's, I mean, the two kind of features that make it, you know, stand out in a sense are the fact that it's anonymous. You know, there's no kind of registration at all. I mean, it's it's anonymous on the um, kind of the front side of it. You know, users are anonymous to one another. We do you know, use IP addresses to ban people. We we can't see IP addresses, so it's not like Tor. It's on 100 you know, percent, totally 
uh, you know, Wild West Anonymous, but mm-hmm. you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, people don't know who you are unless you choose to be identified by a name, uh, by handle, but you can't actually register that name. Um, and it's ephemeral, you know, there's no archive. Uh, there are about 16 pages per board and say 10, 10 threads a page, 160 threads a board. And so every single new thread that's posted, at least one thread has to be bumped off. And so content only lasts a matter of minutes, uh, you know, two, two hours in some cases if it, it gets a lot of pickup or if it's on a slower board. So it's almost like a chat room with no log. Yeah, essentially. And of course, the subject matter of, of a site that is completely anonymous, was that something that you always intended to, to be the subject matter? Or did, that, did the community evolve? Like, like I feel like the, if you look at Reddit over its history, the c- content of the front page changed so dramatically from the first year to what they have there now. I mean, just the subject matter of the site just changed completely. Um, did something similar happen there with 4chan, or was it always the same kind of... No, I mean, it's changed a lot, because when it was founded, I mean, it's, it's modeled after a Japanese site called Futaba Channel, um, mm. two, two, two-chan.net. And I found that when I was 15 years old and was like into anime for, for a summer and took their code and translated it into English, threw it up on a shared web hosting account, seeded it to 20 people. And so that initial audience was, you know, were people very into kind of Japanese animation, Japanese culture. And so all of the original boards, I mean, the, the slash B slash board that is, you know, notorious. I mean, that's, that's where um, a lot of the traffic goes and why a lot of people know the site, because B is where all the kind of memes are created and whatnot. That started as uh, anime slash random, and eventually the anime got dropped from it and, and sharded into its own board, you know, slash A, and B was, was just random. And so a lot of those original boards all had to do with anime and kind of Japanese things, and so that was the dominant culture on the site. And then over time, I mean, it, it kind of went to the adjacent interests like video games and you know, television and stuff like that. And now, you know, there are... Um, you know, people think of it as kind of like very porny and, and still very Japanese, but you know, the fact is we have something like 50 different subcategories and they range from photography to paper, you know, origami to um, cooking, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So Chris, when, like 4chan, like obviously it's a huge phenomenon and I know about it and I definitely respect it because we had, uh, in one way somebody emailed us this random thing where like, oh, 4chan said that they're going to attack Stack Overflow and I was like, okay, they probably won't first of all, but I was a little nervous to be honest. They did attack Tumblr. <laughs> Yeah, because this was around that time, and I just ignored it, and nothing happened. Uh, but my, my issue with 4chan, well, not issue, but maybe it's not the right word, is my fear. Like, I'm kind of afraid to go there, because I've seen images on the internet that, like, I can't unsee now. <laughs> you yeah. know? And I'm sure you have, too, and it's, like, kind of sad that we all see those images, and, like, that's really what I'm afraid of. Like, I don't know, like, the, uh, like, I, I totally support people being anonymous, but, like, unmoderated stuff, just, man, it just... I don't want to see things I can't unsee. I mean, it's, you know it's, I mean, it's not a problem that's unique to us. Obviously, like any site with user-generated content wrangles with these problems, but we have it kind of uniquely in the sense that when you think about a site like, I don't know, YouTube, right, or Flickr, um, the way you get distribution on those sites is you have to have something that's kind of trending and really popular, um, you know, or you have to be linked to it directly. And so there's not really, like, most people don't consume YouTube really, I think, through channels, right, or, or Flickr through, you know, the, the feeds and whatnot. Like Flickr, you end up on links and albums kind of directly or through your own kind of personal feed. Yeah. And YouTube, you either search for something or you, you know, click a link to it. And so, you know, 4chan has this, um, this like, incredible kind of distribution uh, built into it where, you know, every single new post ends up at position zero on page zero. And so you have the ability to blast out a message to, you know, in the, in the case of random, you know, you have 10,000 people browsing at almost all hours of the day just on that, that root page. And so with, you know, five seconds of effort, you can, you know, push out an image or a comment to potentially thousands of people. I mean, it represents like an incredible bang for your buck in that sense. And actually, I remember once a, a, there was a, an FBI agent asked me this because somebody had posted a bomb threat on 4chan. And he said, you know, Chris, why on earth would anybody do this on 4chan? And my response was, uh, you wouldn't yell fire in an empty theater. 
uh, you know, so it, it represents this kind of like, you know, you've got lots of people there and it takes you five seconds to get a message out. And so we have this like, you know, we've gotten this kind of terrible reputation over the years for, you know, like the most unsavory of content, when in fact that represents like, you know, 0.0001% of all content, but it just, you know, gets blasted out to everybody. And so you come to associate the There's site with that. There's no, no voting or anything like, like Reddit has. You just, every, everything gets the same amount of distribution. Which uh, means that John Great Gabriel's greater internet. Can I say that word? Do we have? Can we? Can I say? Yes, you can. On the podcast, you can say fuck a lot. No, but we're we we're clear, don't we have a clean rating? Or no, we don't. The John Gabriel's children, stop listening right now. John Gabriel's <laughs> greater internet fuckwad theory. Um, Google that. Uh, which is basically the theory that says normal person plus anonymity plus an audience uh, equals total fuckwad. So basically people, well, people it sounds like nor frank otherwise normal people, if allowed to be anonymous and given a large audience, often blurt out things. It sounds like to me more just sort of standard news reporting. The reason we hear about the content is that's what's the, the point zero zero one is that's the sensational content. That's it's the, the same reason is nobody writes about planes that don't crash. They only write about the planes that do, yeah. even though ninety nine point nine 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 percent of planes never crash. Correct. I'm going to paste a link of this in the chat room because uh, it's not so easily found on Google. It takes at least two clicks. Um, we'll have a link to that in the uh, show notes. Uh, yes. So anonymous. That's well, one thing I do want to mention is if you go to the Wikipedia article for 4chan, which I did because I wasn't super familiar with the history, uh, I'd kind of forgotten, but I guess in the back of my mind I knew that a lot of the memes we know on the internet do actually come from 4chan, or at least can be traced directly back, like lolcats, right, which yeah. everybody knows now and is like almost mainstream, right, which oh, is weird. It's beyond mainstream, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Rick Rowling, that came from 4chan. Chocolate Rain, a personal favorite. Uh, Pedo Bear, I'm so-so. I'm Pedo Bear, not a huge fan of that. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not so into that. Uh, and then something about the My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, which I, I don't know, but apparently that's a real show. Chris, actually, do you know this one? I don't actually know this one that well. Yeah, I mean, it's a show on Cartoon Network. And I think the person, somebody that was involved in the Powerpuff Girls show is involved in its writing or creation or direction or whatnot. Uh, but it's a show that's kind of like a you know, totally kind of a, a cult um, you know, it's a hit with children, but also it has like a cult following of kind of you know teenage and, and older audience, and and you know a lot of them happen to use 4chan. Um, it doesn't have a lot of inside references to internet stuff. That was my understanding. It might. I I, I, I I honestly don't know. Um, <laughs> the little I know. I actually haven't had a TV in like, like many 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 years, so I don't watch any like broadcast television. Um, but I, I mean, the Powerpuff Girls, uh, if I was, I mean, I could be totally wrong and in insulting somebody right now. But I think, again, there's like a, a similarity there where like I remember watching Powerpuff Girls like with like years and years ago a few times and like being surprised at the number of kind of almost like not innuendo, but kind of like double meetings and, and, and kind of like in references like, oh, my God, this is a children's show. <laughs> um, so it might have the same kind of like brand of humor or kind of like hide something there for the stoners in college as well. <laughs> uh, What's that? You know, you told me something. I said you, you, um, a site like 4chan has absolutely no reputation system. It doesn't. You can't even earn. You know, if most people are posting as anonymous. Um, so let me see if I understand. Like from a technical point of view, you could theoretically attach a name to a post, and if you fail to do so, it just says that it's from anonymous, right? And that's what ninety-five percent of the posts are just posted as anonymous. So essentially, the even the heavy participants are, don't become known on the site. Like, nobody says, oh, yeah, that's that guy, I like him, or I want to follow that person's thing, or that person is smart, and so I will see what he says, or anything like that. Just You're basically not earning any reputation on the site, which I think Clay Shirky says is sort of a kind of a critical part of a, 
of um, of an online community generated kind of system is that people have the ability to start to earn reputation. I mean, we thought about this. I think you and I have spoken about this personally, but like I think one of the almost like an anomaly uh, anomaly on a site like Fortune is we have a um, we have a, a board called slash R requests. And you think that yeah, like on, on every other forum on the internet, you can uh, you you have some some way of accumulating social capital or some way of kind of showing your I don't know your age superiority. So you've got you know number of posts, yeah. registration date, unique user ID, you know number of thanks, you know, stuff like that. Yep. And unfortunately, you have none of that. And just, so you would think that like a, a board called slash requests, where all people do is you know ask for more of an image or a link to something. And like, what is your incentive as a user of the site to go there and then help people? You know, fill requests mm-hmm. um, if you can't get anything kind of out of it. And so you know, it's true that there's not like an external kind of um, you know, accumulation motivation. of capital, but it's more of like an internal motivation of like, oh, like you know, I'm helping somebody. And I think past that, in terms of like, I think for a lot of especially younger people, the it's kind of the, you get that reputation of, like, I remember I was the first kid, you know, I was always kind of like tuned into the web because I like to say I was raised on forums and chat rooms. And so when like peanut butter jelly time, you know, 10 years ago was a thing and like badger badger and, and all those kind of like things that we now look back on and like, oh, those little silly, silly memes. Um, you know, I was the first kid in my school to know those and to kind of like tell my friends and, and, you know, we had like the kind of the pulse of the web. And so I think for a lot of like younger people that use 4chan, um, if you're kind of tapped into like slash B in, in that community, you kind of know of like cool internet things before anybody else does. And then you become the guy within your kind of friend circle who is and has that kind of a pulse and, and gets to kind of like share that with your friends and, and your school. And so I think there's something else there in terms yeah. of like maybe you're not getting social capital on the site on the internet, but you're kind of collecting social capital within your own kind of offline network. You're getting it in real life because you find the funny pictures before anybody else does and post them. You post on them on Facebook. Facebook or something. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we definitely have that in our company chat room. <clears throat> That's uh, Jin. Jin does that for us. <laughs> and I assume he's not getting them from 4chan. He's probably on 4chan right now. He, he could be. It's, uh, it's possible. <laughs> I think he's a more of a stumble upon kind of guy, but... <laughs> uh, yeah. So so it's sort of interesting that the site doesn't even have to have its own system as long as it's it's producing a, a bunch of memes. Well, and, and what's interesting is actually a lot of those memes then show up on Reddit, which is sort of the second, the second distribution point for them. It's almost like they're, uh, there's kind of a... Uh, um, a, a big stew of all kinds of simmering memes going on on 4chan. And then there are people that kind of wade into there and pluck things out and go post them on Reddit for karma on, on Reddit. And then they get voted on Reddit up to the front page if they're good. So there's a sort of secondary ranking of the memes. And that's, I mean, that's definitely been a sore, sore spot for both communities because 4chaners feel sure. very strongly about you know things that are created on 4chan. God forbid they leave 4chan. Um, <laughs> And so they're kind of upset when they see something that, that they think, feel that they had a hand in kind of on Reddit. And the I Redditors, liked, too. I, I liked Eminem before that Eminem movie came <laughs> exactly. out. Now, and now every friggin' suburban mom wants to listen to Eminem. But then the people on Reddit are saying, well, you know, they're very sensitive to, like, Reddit has its own community, its own culture. And they're saying, you know, get your stupid 4chan memes off of here. Where, you know, when you look at the front page, you, know, you can definitely see. I mean, I think 4chan is, like, on a... So people refer to it as a meme factory and kind of like, you know, like the dark heart of the Internet. And so it's responsible for you know, right. producing and kind of exporting a lot of that, you know, a lot of those memes um, or or taking something that was kind of getting popular elsewhere. And then, you know, kind of like, you know, pouring, you know, gas on it and, and getting right. it out there in a way that uh, you know, a few communities can just because, you know, the number of people on it and, and how connected those people are. Um, but, it, you know, like the 4chan kind of humor and culture has or you know, the 4chan kind of humor and influence is definitely. I think had a large effect on internet culture as a whole, and so a lot of the things we can, you know, like the, you know, macroed images with impact font. I mean, it's not the first community to, to do that to an image, but it's certainly like a lot of the memes have that, and sure. it's, it's responsible for kind of just helping. I think kind of tip, you know, trying to trend things in a certain way, and so a lot of the 
humor, even if it doesn't originate from 4chan, feels almost like a little bit of that. Like you, you can almost see the DNA in it. Mm-hmm. So Joel, maybe maybe 4chan, we're seeing a lot of sort of more image-based stuff on the net. Like this thing uh, my wife is into, pin, uh, Pinterest, Pinterest, yeah, which is apparently 70% women, like I read an article recently. Because I asked her about it, and she's like, oh, you might like it. She's like, she's like no, it's all ladies. You wouldn't like it. Yeah, I yeah. thought it would be like 80 or 90. It's yeah. 70, according to this article I read. I don't know how reliable that was. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's heavily image-based. Um, and, and Joel and I talked about this before, how on Reddit, there's sort of a race to the bottom on a lot of Reddit to, like, everything devolves into posting images, right? Like, because that's the fastest thing to consume. It's also the most efficient, really, almost, if, really, if you think about it. I mean, words are hard, right? Words are complicated and hard. Yeah. And, and I don't mean this in a negative way. I mean, if, if your goal is to consume as rapidly as possible... Yeah. To just get information into your brain as rapidly as possible, then it's probably images is the way to go. And also, I think in terms of shopping, I mean, not to you know, stereotype women into shopping, but for shopping, it's a browsing experience. Like, you have to look at a ton of stuff to figure out, like, what it is you even want, right? Words are not that helpful in that scenario. No. Um, and I think that's what that's the, that's what I'm he- and a lot of craft stuff too, not just commercial stuff. But that's what I'm hearing about Pinterest. And maybe 4chan was sort of first to sort of tap into this sort of this race to the images, you know? I think, yeah, I mean, it launched as a, you know, it's, it's an image board, and, you know, you could embed images on old-school forums like VBulletin and PHPB, but they weren't actually built for that. And so kind of centering a discussion around, you know, seeding a conversation with images and then replying with comments and images, yeah, it's, it's something I think, you know, when you look at our traffic, it's more than 50% is in the U.S., but it's, you know, lots of kind of countries with English as a first language, but then lots of countries you know, that not, not English as a first language because, you know, images are, right, you can parse them really, you know, like lightning speed in your mind and, and even at like the thumbnail scale too, like figure out like, oh, is that something I want to like view a big size of? And you can, you can just like ratchet your, you know, scroll wheel, go down a page really quickly and just suck in a lot of information. And it's something that, you know, images kind of transcend, um, you know, language and kind of cultural barriers too, because, you I know, mean, unless it's, you know, you have like, it's like really dense lolcat that has like three paragraphs of English and like, like literary like masterpiece on it like most people you know if they don't speak english will kind of understand the humor in like pigeon english and again like and most images don't even have text on them and so it's something where it made the site really accessible to a broad audience of people uh you know who do speak english and who don't and could just really rapidly like yeah like suck in tons of content and enjoy it there's also um in the case of reddit i think you, you actually get a voting advantage if you can get people looking at your thing coming back to the site and voting in the fastest you'll get more you it just helps the homepage algorithm essentially so they they have i think that was an an accidental thing in the case of reddit that they devolved into very very quick uh things that people can read very quickly otherwise i mean if you tried to post a you know a a joel on software blog post which took two thousand words about eight pages on average um nobody would be able to read it and come back in time to vote it up in time to get it up on the uh, the homepage of reddit it just wouldn't be possible yeah, I mean, the, I think the, the that speaks to just the demand for kind of like long form content has you know it's, we've been trending away from that for ages now, like you know WordPress to Tumblr to Twitter, um, you know, and from kind of text to images, it's just people are you know, we're used to now to, to just having tons of loads of information shown to us, and I think people are you know, starting to appreciate kind of like short short form language and then you know, images and, and and short videos like that. Does uh, one of the listeners asks what are exploding knees? <laughs> it's my uh, my Twitter. Uh, if you go to twitter.com slash moot, that is my background image. I don't know. I just, I love that kid. He's, he's awesome. Okay. Wait, twitter.com slash. I didn't see it. Um, oh, yeah. Look at that. His knees are exploding. <laughs> <laughs> sure enough, it's a meme. Uh, <laughs> what, uh, what, so, can, uh, can, uh, how does Canvas 
just differ, I guess. You, so Canvas, if I have to describe it, first of all, you have to log on with Facebook, but you said that that's a You can change. browse it without logging in, though, so you can get a sense for it. Yeah. Again, not canvas.com, C-A-N-V dot A-S. C-A-N-V dot A-S, and there's a bunch of pictures there, and you could throw, this is the thing I liked, you can throw like little um, stickers on the picture, like this is funny, or this is whatever, different stickers that allow you. And then a picture might have 50 funny stickers, meaning 50 people have sort of given a gesture to that author, to that picture creator, that it's awesome. And people reply with pictures. Um, what am I? And what's so, the uh, what's the business model of this here? We're going to make money on this. Um, I think you know we're interested in exploring what we can do with. Um, you know, like I remember actually when when you know, so obviously 4chan is a bootstrap, you know, 15 years old kind of mom's basement kind of a company, and Canvas is an actual venture backed company. Mm-hmm. And I remember an investor asked that a year ago. They said, "How are you going to make money?" And I said, "The one way I can." I'm not going to make money is display ads. And he was like, what? Why, why, why wouldn't you run display ads? And I was just like, the thought of having to carve out, you know, 300 by 250 pixels on every page, like makes me ill. Um, and it's something that I've had to deal with with 4chan is like, 4chan has only been monetized through banner ads. And it's just, just like horrible. Um, it's just a terrible model. And so I think like, you know, originally we said, okay, well, the way we're going to make money is we're going to find, you know, real genuine ways of delivering value and you know, figure out a way to kind of like, you know, insert ourselves in that process and make like a nominal uh, amount of money for it. And I think that the two things that are most interesting to us right now are, yeah, like, you know, we have the stickers on the site um, where you can kind of, like, you know, react to things, score things. I mean, all of the kind of ranking algorithm, algorithms have to do with, um, you know, with the stickers. So we do have that kind of, you know, um, you know it, it is essentially voting. Um, mm-hmm. And we think that there's something interesting there. I mean, as far as we, we have a, a sticker, the number one sticker, which is limited, and you kind of just collect them by posting content that people like. You know, if enough people give you stickers, then you get a few of those, and you can kind of trade them up for cooler stickers. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and then when you use those, they kind of like look different and cooler, and they also count for more, and so they're, they're weighted more. And so you essentially are getting, you know, more distribution because your thing will get kind of you know, rocketed to the top of the popular page. Oh, yeah. So we think that that's, you know, like that's interesting, and, and it's possible that, you know, we could do something with like stickers as a currency um, or, you know, kind of like you know, picking. We, we thought of like the kind of the, one of the words that's really important to us is play. And, and again, taking what kind of used to be a really kind of flat, boring experience uh, of kind of like old school V-Bolton text boards and, and making a again, media kind of focused, really rich and really playful uh, kind of experience around just kind of sharing and iterating on media uh, collectively. And so we think that that like naturally lends itself to just more of a, you know, just kind of like fun, interactive, like gamey uh, kind of feel. And so, uh, you know, we haven't settled on anything yet, but I think that's the direction that we'd like to go in. Oh man, you got a Siberian Husky here wearing glasses. I don't know what I think about that. <laughs> Joel, get out your, Joel has his checkbook like literally out because yeah. you have that website. That's right. I, <laughs> I was thinking, Chris, like it, it almost would be fun for the stickers to be uh, not just collectible, but perhaps, like you said, tradable. And I mean, at some point, maybe even like a card game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's actually something. So cards are really like, I was thinking way back, um, like, like Uno is a really fun game, right? Where you get to kind of like change rules on the fly and, and, and just, it's like a, a game or like Nomic games where the kind of rules are generated by the community and are kind of constantly changing. So, um, you know, playing kind of different actions at one another. So, I mean, again, there's a lot, I think that we'll continue to kind of think about and explore in that direction. I'm trying yeah. to vote on the Husky, but I had to log in. So now I'm going <laughs> to find it again. Oh, there we are. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Fetch me the paper. Oh, there's a lot of these Huskies with the glasses. This is a whole... Oh man, this is going to take me too long. All right, Jeff, you're going to have to run the conversation. You've, you've, signed. <laughs> you've locked him in. This husky thing. I'm just thinking that my dog would, if you put glasses on his face, would instantly shake them off. Like, like instantly. Not if you tape them on. 
<laughs> you, uh, I don't know if you could hold him still long enough. Can't do the treat thing, Joel, where he has to sit very still. I've seen people do that with dogs. I don't think they can do that. You can do that with Siberians. Siberians are just really? not amused. Yeah, they, they, really? yeah. You can barely pet a Siberian husky. They're too aloof. Okay, I'll just tackle him the next time I see him. Let's talk for. Let's talk about the internet, uh, the devastation bill in, in front of Congress right now for about five minutes. Sopa. Sopa. Here's my. Here's my. Let me let me let me give my summary, which I think I'm I'm I, now. I must say that the research that I have done is not up to my usual standards because I heard all kinds of smart people saying this bill was bad and then they gave me the various reasons. But uh, one thing I – essentially what is what is technically happening, and, and we know this because you know, our investor called the senator and said, why the hell are you sponsoring this bad bill? And the senator said, well, because Hollywood wants it and they spend way more money on congressional campaigns than uh, – than the so-called technology industry, so we're going to give it to them, and we're going to we're going to we're going to pretend it's a jobs bill and push it through. Um, so, uh, why does Hollywood want it? Because they can't shut down. They've been having trouble shutting down uh, websites in foreign countries that are not under U.S. jurisdiction, and they want the ability, uh, which they already sort of have, but essentially they want the ability to be able to go after um, internet service providers in the United States who are doing things like solving DNS. Uh, resolving DNS entries. So if you know if the, if the site's name is piratesareus dot, let's pick a country at random, Iran, uh, and uh, DNS looks that up. They, the the Hollywood essentially can't reach that site because it's in Iran. Um, so they want to be able to go after United States ISPs and get them to um, basically break DNS for that site, which is stupid because it won't even prevent the piracy because we work around that in about five minutes. Um, but that's what they want. And uh, one of the things it does is it really kind of wreaks havoc on the already existing uh, DMCA uh, provisions for taking down copyright, for, for, for dealing with copyright content online. Right? Anybody? 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 So, yeah, I mean, there's a few other things it does, too, with U.S.-based payment processors and oh, ad yeah, networks that's right. and they also being want able to, prevent... to force Google to strip results from their yeah. index. So, so the, the idea has been a long time ago that if you uh, – um, this is – I'll tell the story. I'll go way back in time because I like to tell long stories. Um, uh, Let me get a soda. <sighs> it probably does. Uh, a long time ago, people tried to sue the telephone company for allowing people to have phone calls in which illegal things took place. And the telephone company said, that's ridiculous. You can't sue us because other people are having um, phone conversations that you don't approve of. And, and just because we're – and, they, and the, 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 the concept of common carrier came into law, which basically said the phone company is just connecting two people's voices, and they bear no liability for what happens on that common channel. So essentially, when the internet was founded, we had these sites where people could go and upload stuff, and other people could then download it from those sites, like 4chan or Stack Overflow. And on those sites, essentially, I think the old law, uh, we were kind of hoping that this common carrier provision would still hold, which said that, listen, if Joe Schmo uploads a copyrighted video, you can go after Joe Schmo, but you can't go after the site that is merely allowing uploads. Uh, they, they, they hold no liability. That was the original hope. Now, the content industry used their first round of uh, um, buying off Congress to pass the Digital Millennium Copyright Act or the DMCA. And under that, we have a way that basically says that um, as long as you give the copyright holder um, a method that they have to follow to state that there is a copyright infringement, 
And as long as the internet provider uh, follows uh, certain procedures about taking down things that they know to be copyright infringement because they've been notified by the copyright holder, um, then the uh, the website has sort of a safe harbor, um, and they can't be held liable any further than that. So uh, let's walk through an example. Um, you've got uh, a, a, um, I'll, I'll make a real example based on Stack Overflow. Um, we we get a, a notice from somebody. This is a this is a true example of something that actually happened. We get a notice from somebody saying one of the questions from your site is co- is a copyright question that we use for interview questions, and we're giving these. Interviews as a as a take home interview for programmers, and right, so programmers. yeah, so it's if they overflow. that was, yeah that was on prog- programmers well whatever it's on our network. So uh, um, the uh, essentially somebody had literally copied and pasted this question from their take home interview uh, onto the site and it had gotten answered and it was a good question and a good answer that was making the internet better essentially it was not uh, it was not something that we wanted to remove <laughs> so to speak um, but it was a copyright violation now uh, the Ordinarily, if um, basically if it wasn't for the DMCA, uh, we couldn't necessarily track down the person who had posted this. You know, it's some anonymous internet user, and we're not a detective agency. Um, and so the person that allegedly owns this copyright goes a- after the first person they can grab, which is us. And they send us an email saying, "Hey, take this down. This is my copyright information." And this is not, what's interesting here is that if we were just to say, "Okay." Then anybody could cause any material to be removed from Stack Overflow just by claiming it was a, stat, it was a copyright violation, and that would be bad, and that would break the internet because anybody, any, anytime somebody saw anything that they thought was libelous or that wasn't making them happy about the internet or that wasn't convenient for their business model of giving programmers uh, interview questions or whatever their friggin' business model was, they could just destroy all kinds of internet content. So, um, so uh, they, the truth is, we are actually kind of obliged to ignore that request unless it corresponds to the DMCA takedown notice format, which requires them to basically state under penalty of perjury that they own the material and that they have a copyright on it and that it's a violation. And then we'll take it down and then, you know, and then we do if we get a DMCA takedown notice that meets all the requirements, which I think has happened maybe twice. <laughs> where uh, it's a couple times, like yeah. three, maybe four or five times. Quite, it, it's it's kind of rare. And, that, tell, and telling people, no, we're not taking it down because you have, to, you have to state under penalty of perjury and then sign in a letter that this is your copyright material deters a lot of people that don't actually own the copyright, but they're just trying to get something taken down to be a nuisance. Right. Or because it doesn't, you know, meet their needs. So that that's uh, – and then there's a whole procedure, which I won't even get into, of how we then notify the person that the stuff was taken down for, for copyright reasons, and um, and they have a, an, an ability to object. It's very hard for us. Obviously, we can't police whether it's a copyright violation or not. We're in, we're in no position to do that, and we couldn't afford to do that on every single piece of content. So that was the existing system. The existing system is more or less working. It's non-ideal, but it's more or less working. And the reason it's important to websites like um, G, 4chan, Canvas, Stack, Overflow, etc., is it allows us to get a so-called safe harbor, as long as we're following those rules, we cannot be held responsible for copyright infringement on our website. And the trouble with these SOPA laws is that they are basically going to, I don't want to say they're going to abolish all that. Um, They're going to break that. They're going to break that whole system. And they're going to make it much, much harder to find safe harbors uh, uh, against copyright violation. And they're going to um, essentially, if they pass as they are right now, they're going to create all kinds of opportunities for people um, who don't genuinely own copyrights to just cause all kinds of mayhem on sites. Um, so that's the problem there. 
Whew. And that's why there's a banner on Stack Overflow. And yes. People were complaining about it. Yeah. So we put a banner up on Stack Overflow, and it's not the optimal optimal way to get people's attention, um, but uh, because it's the, our banners, our system messages are not really dismissible um, after you've seen them. So that's non ideal, but it's what the technology allows. I'm right going to file a DMCA takedown on that banner. <laughs> you, 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 that's how I'm going to get that thing down. But no, that, this is works. this is really important. I mean, I, I've tweeted about it a few times, and I, I want to mention Lawrence Lessig. For me, it's like okay, if whatever Lawrence Lessig said says that's the correct thing, okay. and that's what we have <laughs> right. to do. Yes, I agree with you. Uh, a very good role. Very good. Cool rule of thumb. But but he says yes. SOPA is, is, is a problem. We should try to fight it as much as we can. But his point was the one you originally said. If you go way back, like why was this passed? Well, somebody threw a bucket of money at yeah. politicians, and then things happen. And he's like, mm-hmm. that's the thing. We need to try to fix. Now, granted, this is like the a really hard problem to solve. Dave, wait, I mean, uh, yeah. let's fix government, right? Like that's a much bigger that's a, thing to take on. That's a bigger on problem. Than- I mean, Dave Weiner was on this show two weeks ago, right? And he yeah. said Congress and government is the same, and 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 co- companies and and, and right. corporations, it's the same thing. And we're like, well, yeah. you're exaggerating, Dave. It's not really the same thing. But you know what? Congress is not passing right now. They are completely unable to pass a single law to benefit the country because, you know, things like uh, how to fix the budget and get people employed because uh, the, the Republicans and the Democrats can't agree on a single thing. And the only laws that they're passing, it's shocking that these laws are sailing through right now, is things that companies have paid for. They passed the America Invents Act. Well, actually, what they're very good at, too, is blocking things they don't want. I don't know if anyone saw this, but I think it was last week. The USDA tried to pass new food guidelines for school lunches. Ah, yes. And basically, all of the manufactured food companies paid Congress a bunch of money to reject it. So that is why now, according to the U.S. federal government, the tomato paste on pizza is a vegetable. Yeah. (laughs) That works for me. Yeah. By the way, the tomato paste on pizza is only like 30% tomato. Yeah. Is it really? What else? Yeah. What else could it put sugar? In? It's, it's oh, uh, basically like I sugar paste. To, oh. to quote the Daily Show, it's basically yeah. a chemistry lesson. Like it's <laughs> monosodium glutamate. No, there's no MSG in it. But there's all kinds of just crap, fake, you know, chemicals yeah. in it. But God yeah. forbid we do things that are sane and logical yeah. when someone can pay us to do otherwise. But what's interesting is that these laws that have uh, corporate backing are essentially sailing through on un- un- unimpeded. I mean, the American Invents Act passed with no opposition at all. Just sailed right through. Nobody would look at it. That we, we tried to put yeah. a dent in the law and nothing happened. This one, so, uh, I mean, so far it sounds like there's there has been some backlash now against SOPA from members of Congress. Yeah, this this one actually is extremely unpopular. And, and yeah. hopefully if more sites like uh, um, uh, Stack Exchange, Stack Overflow, Tumblr um, did a Tumblr great one on the last good, one. Good one. If, if, if more of these sites can get their users to understand that the sites um, could possibly be... Uh, uh, blown out of existence by somebody that had a vendetta against us. And if YouTube put up that roadblock, mm-hmm. that Yeah, why doesn't, probably... uh, why doesn't Google do that on YouTube? Well, they did. They, they took out a full-page Yahoo, oh, yeah, Google, Facebook. I mean, they took out a full-page ad, ad in the uh, but they didn't New York Times, and they website. sent out yeah, yeah. If, they, if they put that roadblock up on their website, I mean, that would just flood every congressional office with so yeah. many calls. I can't get my videos! <laughs> I think they're doing 20 billion streams a month now. Wow. They only have to put it on 1% of them. Um. Well, I do want to mention the Lessig book. I mean, I, I think SOPA, everybody oh, yeah. should read up on SOPA. I mean, it's generally regarded by most technological people who have a clue as a very bad thing. You can just take our word for it or you can go read about it yourself. But if you want to look at the deeper problem of like throwing a bunch of money at Congress is how f- things get done, whether those things should happen or not, then the book is called Republic Lost, How Money Corrupts Congress and a Plan to Stop It by Lawrence Lessig. And I think book. it is inspiring. I don't think I could ever do um, – 
But one of the original guys at Reddit went on to become sort of a political programmer evangelist, right? I can't I'm trying to remember his Alexis. name. No, no, oh, no. It was, uh, uh, it was arrested. Schwartz, Aaron, yeah, Schwartz. Aaron Schwartz. Aaron Schwartz. And I admire that greatly because to me, like, government, that's like, you know, we do some governmental stuff on Stack Exchange. Like, that's what we're trying to do is produce sustainable systems of organization, which requires some form of government, right? That's just inevitable. But, like, attacking the real government problem, my God, that's like the holy grail. Like, you need people as smart as Lawrence Lessig to be on the case because there's just no way. I mean, Joel, you dabble, I think, a little yeah. bit in this, right? But, man, well, I can't I mean, imagine. I can't, it's just, it's so just a limit to how many things I can work on at any given time. What you need is somebody who is independently wealthy uh, and therefore untouchable, like essentially does not care if they lose their job or piss off their investors or anything like that, uh, right. who can just kind of work on their, uh, you know, work uh, work on their uh, conscious, consci- conscious, conscience. 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 Is that a different word than conscious? Yes. We can do this thing together. <laughs> they're, they're, they both have to do with the mind, but they are yeah. different. Yeah, I'm going to have trouble with that. One's a cricket. American, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, if you're concerned about this, um, SOPA specifically, the website right now to go to is americancensorship.org. And they got about a billion links to all kinds of explanations and videos and calls to action and different things you can do. Um, and it is fairly effective to call uh, to call your congressman. They don't, they're don't. they going to respond with a form letter saying, we love this bill. This is amazing. It will help the Disney Corporation. <laughs> um, but uh, And it will uh, stop terrorism. Yeah, and create jobs. Oh, the MPAA tried to draw a link between piracy and terrorism. Yeah, it right out after nine eleven. Yes, and communism and all that. Because kind of... the Taliban is really into <laughs> digital piracy. That's... No, whatever, whatever works for you with your stupid propaganda. Um, however, uh, I do know that senators do basically sit there and they tally the incoming calls and they pay yeah. attention to how many they got and whether it was a phone call or just a. You know, an automated email that you got sent from one of those generated websites does get counted, but not for yeah. very much. But yeah, uh, customize email. Cu- if or, you're going to send one of those, customize, customize the email. It. Even by just changing that first paragraph up, yeah, it gets your email counted a lot more because it shows you. Took uh, the time. How about Joel? How about an e card? Can I send an e card? You can send an e card to say I will not vote for you. <laughs> yeah, with a big time. sad face on it. This is really weird. I'm actually. Well, um, hold on. One thing I did want to interject that it might actually be useful is the way I, hmm. the impression I got from Matt Cutts, because Matt Cutts was the first person I saw talk about this in earnest, was specific states where you could actually make a difference. Like here in California, I don't know it. I got the impression you had to be in certain states for your like that's where the pushing needed to happen. Uh, yeah, at times, depending like when it's in a committee and there's certain senators in that committee uh, from those states, okay, then it's more helpful to be a constituent of those senators. Um, but uh, geez, uh, New York is one of them. But but you, but you need to tell your senators right now because it, it it is likely to get pushed through and come to a full floor vote sometime soon, uh, and then we need to um, kind of stop it. Also, Ron Wyden, who's a senator out of Minnesota. Soda, I believe, is planning a filibuster, uh-huh. and you can actually submit. He's just going to basically read the names of every person who submits on his website saying, I don't like this bill. That's going to be his filibuster. That's cool. He's already got like 100,000 names to read for it. But Sweet. Go, go submit your name, and you can be and read be as like, one of these people who's against it. He's going to be like, Joel Sapolaskansky, Sapol, Sapolans, Sapol. <laughs> well, no, whatever. Joel, <laughs> and Jeff Spolsky. <laughs> Those are the two people. Right? <laughs> uh, it's a so, classic. Uh, that's good. Well, that's it, it that, that is an important topic. I urge everybody to you know, read about that. Check out the Lessig book. Um, 
educate yourselves about that. I think that's important. Um, and I, I touched a, l- a little bit about this, like uh, the common carriage stuff you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, when I read that book, The Master Switch by Tim Wu, which is really, really excellent, like the internet really is anomalous in that it is a communication network that is remarkably free, almost by design, of centralized control. Mm-hmm. And he made a case that historically, if you look at all the networks, they sort of started out free and then clamped down. Mm-hmm. over time and we're, this is basically him being right like this is the, this is what happens right so you have to fight that like if you want a network that does have this concept of common carriage and isn't owned uh, and that everybody has a right to publish what they want to publish yeah. um, you have to kind of fight for it right like you have to push right. To, right, for right. the right thing to happen sure, the right thing doesn't just magically happen <laughs> if you think about the history of telephones that's something I find really interesting which is that there were a million telephone companies all over the place and they didn't interoperate, but they were very innovative because you, in order to compete, you built a telephone company and you added new interesting features to your telephone company. And uh, you know, quietly, AT&T started buying them all up. And then AT&T went and paid off Congress to get a global a, oh, yeah. a monopoly for the entire United States. And they literally clamped down on innovation. All innovation came to a screeching halt. And you were not allowed for decades to attach any non-AT&T equipment to the network. Because they said, a- that'll hurt our network if you plug in some kind of a crazy right. princess phone that you got from Radio Shack with a, you know, a little bit of football and a, you know. It's a really fascinating story. I, I, the, the book is The Master Switch by Tim Wu. It's a great, great book. And the interesting part about the Bell, the, the telephone network history, is they really were a benevolent uh, uh, dictatorship for a while. Like they really sort of had this idea of like we're protecting the common good. This is like a common resource. We have yeah. to, and then it sort of just went sideways, right? Like yeah. it always does. And then they just started trying to maximize their profits. <laughs> exactly, but it did start out like it really was like there's people who have very fond memories of the Bell system, and yeah. there was a time when the sure. Bell system was doing a bunch of research and yeah, that's because they had government guaranteed profits. Bad. They had government guaranteed profits, so they set their prices for phone. I mean, long distance calls in the United States were about a dollar, and this is in you know 1960s dollars uh, a minute. Uh, you know, now they're six cents, I think, uh, in, in, in 2010, 2012 dollars, 2011. What does anyone know what year it is? Can I have another? It's 2011. Can I have another deli board with four digits this time? (laughs) (laughs) What year is it? I I don't think we need a digital board. We can just use a piece of paper. Thank you. Uh, uh, (laughs) I don't remember what we're talking about, but, but, but it's true that Bell Labs, which invented the transistor and so on and so forth, uh, and Unix, um, came out of the AT&T Bell system that they right. sort of spun off a research department um, because they had regulators who told them how much, dis- how much profit would guarantee them a certain amount of profit, let them set rates for phone calls based on how much profit they wanted to have. And, and th- that allowed them to basically run research laboratories and just say that that's an expense. Um, totally crooked. Oh, my God. Yeah, but do you read? I highly recommend that book, *The Master Switch* by Tim. It'll give you the, the yes. historical yes. context for what's going on now, like this clamping down of the rights that we sort of already had. Right. So, I think it's good to have context. There's another way it gets clamped down, which is uh, uh, things that used to be on on totally open systems. I'm thinking of like email, for example, was completely open, uh, totally interoperable. There was no central source of email. There was DNS, but that wasn't even centralized really, other than .com. But that was centralized in a healthy way. But email was totally open, and we still have email, and that's awesome. Um, but the kids these days don't use the email. They use Facebook, and that's not so uh, open. Chat right. rooms. But they, can, they can switch over to 4chan. <laughs> 4chan. <laughs> Send each other messages on the 4chan. Exactly. Uh, I want to mention a couple things. One is you do have this concept of trip codes, which I hadn't heard of. It's basically sort of a, a checksum or hash that lets you tell if someone is who they say who they are. Yeah, I mean, so it's a it's a hash that's appended to your name based on a you know a string that you enter after your name. Um, 
after using a hash and um yeah it's, it's a way to kind of have a, a a semi kind of persistent identity but the thing is the original um kind of like it's, it's pretty easy to break the hashes in fact there are programs that i think they even have like a gpu based <laughs> program that does this but well, cause it starts usually as people want a a cool hash and they want it to say you know uh, like you know they want joel and then they want spole you know like they want to try to get as close to like their last you know maybe not their last name but like a, a character that <laughs> they like cool. or a word that they like um and so a lot of those get broken pretty quickly um but more or less i mean yeah so so people will use that to kind of maintain an identity either in a specific actually you see this a lot now with um with threads like somebody will post as op you know as like original poster and then they'll yep. have uh, kind of a, on a per thread hash, just so people can verify. Oh, oh that's the that's the thread creator here, and then they'll just kind of ditch it. So it's kind of interesting to have that. You, you still have like a persistence to your identity, so long as you choose to have it, and then like that fluidity of being able to kind of then they can just as easily kind of troll people or bump their own post as anonymous, and then go back to or ask themselves. <laughs> like there's this there's this concept of um, you know, posting as yourself. You know, like there's a uh, people will post as themselves and pretend to be different people to try to you know get their thread popular. It's it's, it's interesting. <laughs> That's that's very cool. That, and then that, it sounds yeah. like I love these emergent behaviors where you don't let people do what they want to do, but you let them control something in some way, and then they just sort of ride that as far as they can. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like the, the reverse engineering of the trip codes is hilarious, where they want specific strings in their Joel. It's like they want it to look cool, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're exactly. basically reversing the hash, not to crack it, but just because you want it to look awesome. Right. Is hilarious, <laughs> right? That's awesome. That's perfect. I like that. That's you beautiful. You can sell vanity uh, hash codes, actually. Well, we actually have too. We and we added uh, years and years and years ago secure trip codes where you know it's just a similar algorithm, but it uses a salt on our server that you know is our salt. So um, nobody uses those though. So they're much more secure and you know much harder to break you know, unless our salt is compromised, which to my knowledge it, it hasn't been. But nobody uses them because uh, you know obviously that salt is specific to 4chan and all of these other kind of image board websites that use similar software. Then you can't use your kind of same vanity trip code across um. sites. So it, it's kind of like even if you're kind of tinfoil hatty and you don't want anybody to compromise your trip code, like just people don't use it. Interesting. And it sounds like you do have some moderators. Yeah. And no, no, we do. What do you call janitors and janitors, moderators? Yeah. Can so I mean, there, there are mon I mean, the, the the thing that a lot of people think is that it is a total wild west and there there aren't rules and there have never been rules. But uh, we've had rules since day one. Essentially, the the random board is unique in that it's. Uh, compared to the rest of the boards where it kind of has quote unquote no rules with the exception of again don't break the law don't and don't right. spam stuff like that um, and there's also that we, we make a little kind of uh, notation that the you know oh my god no rules also applies to moderators so moderators can kind of you know have their own little fits and and go crazy banning people if they they feel like we, we discourage that but you know there are cases where we kind of point out like hey look they don't apply to you they don't apply to us you know let's have fun uh, but but otherwise I mean all of the boards have a pretty basic set of rules that more or less just says if you're posting on the anime board, post anime. If you're posting on the cards board, post cards. Stay on topic. Uh, yeah, pretty much stay on topic. And then the moderators are, you know, given, uh, you know, they, they are instructed to, uh, you know, enforce just the board rules, not kind of personal taste. And and but you know, when you think about the number of moderators we have relative to the number of users and active posters and just raw number of posts per day, it is like you know, it's David versus Goliath. I mean, we have less than probably 50 monitors and janitors and we have something uh, something like a million people a day visit the site and say a few hundred thousand posts every day so uh, it, it is a, an uphill battle what about the janitors thing janitors are just a sub moderator where they're um and they're kind of like the you know the front line is the users themselves you know post good content <laughs> discourage bad content and uh, they have the ability to report posts and it goes into a queue and the janitors then have access to that queue and and the only thing they they can do is they can delete content 
and they're usually assigned to specific boards. We want people that really kind of, you know, spend a lot of time on, on an individual board and really kind of, you know, rock the culture and, and, and aren't gonna delete things kind of willy-nilly that they, that they don't really understand. Uh, and then they can request bans from moderators and then the, the moderators can then kind of go in and fill it. So they're kind of like the, almost a cross between like a moderator, but more of a community ambassador. And, uh, and how, so do, how do those people get chosen? I mean, what, what's that, the well, That's the challenge, right? The, the reason we don't have more than 50 people is that it's how do you select good people in a in an anonymous community, right? <laughs> I mean, you guys have this where you can look at yes. karma and post history yeah. and all these yeah. like wonderful things to give you kind of a, a base, like a gut check on, eh, is this the kind of guy we want to trust with this? Uh, and you, we don't have any of that. And so the janitors are selected. We, we have an application process where... No, no, no. No, wait, I got it at random. <laughs> just, just we just, we, no, people actually think that like that because people will post these fake threads where they say if you post and you get this post number you become a mod and I get emails you know every few weeks where somebody's like hey I won the contest in the thread can you make me a mod now I'm like uh, no uh, so people actually apply though and, and our application is pretty lengthy it's you know like and, and we ask you for you know what's your name what's your handle you know what's your time zone oh you can apply uh, okay if it's yeah. known that you can apply it is self-selecting but we only do it in batches and uh, so every like probably once every other year. And the last batch that we did, I think was about a year ago. And we got something like uh, over 9,000 uh, applications in in something like I don't know, 24 hours. Wow. Wow. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is it says here in Wikipedia that uh, you deleted some boards in, let's see, early in, let's see, in January. Because they were they had devolved so badly, you felt like they shouldn't even exist. Yeah, so I actually undid that. So uh, that's interesting. I so we had two boards. There was a um, a board called Robot Nine Thousand, which is based on an XKCD comic or, or something that Randall had done with uh, implementing this kind of script that detected duplicate comments in an IRC chat room, and then would would you know kind of devoice or kick kick ban people for kind of saying. In repeating phrases and so we implemented <laughs> yeah. this on the board where we just you know we just kind of like took a post you know collapsed it truncated it hashed it and so uh theoretically you, you weren't able to repeat the same things and so you know the thought being that it, it would really encourage original content because you couldn't spam the same old memes and it also did the same thing with images it just looked at the image md5 and so it started as almost uh kind of like you know post original content uh and and like the thinking man's slash b uh, but as it turns out, the only thing that is unique after two years is uh, relationship drama, and uh, everybody <laughs> has their hilarious. own horrible, uh, you know, story about dating. And so it, it became more of a kind of a hangout for, you know, it, it was just like dating advice and like hanging out and just kind of like a, you know, they refer to it as like baw, like people just kind of whining. And so it, it became very different from kind of what it originally set out to. And, and eventually, I just was kind of frustrated with that and said, look, this is not at all what we had in mind. It's kind of long since diverged from what it was you know, created to do. And so I removed that. And then I also deleted a board that was called News because News became essentially like the de facto political discussion. And again, political with a you know, tinge of 4chan is a pretty uh, interesting <laughs> a mix. Yeah, so, so, so that also, and, and again, so that became kind of like very you know, racist and, and kind of crazy. And, um, and I just said, look, again, you guys aren't even talking about news at this point. You're, you're just like you know, shitting on one another and, and Every, everybody under the sun and so I removed both boards and I, I just re-added them actually as, a, as of uh, probably about a month or two ago and but I re-added them you know because A I felt you know bad about just within you know kind of a, a few keystrokes uh, you know eradicating uh, you know two, two communities on the site 
yeah. of users that people really liked. And I re-added them, though, but this time I said, I basically said to the Robot 9000 guys, I said, okay, I get it. This is what you want to do here. I'm okay with that now. And the same thing with the, the news board. We added it back as poll, as politically incorrect. And I <laughs> said specifically, I was like, okay, you guys can be, uh, you know, say whatever the hell you want here. Um, you don't have to just talk about kind of straight news. And so I'm okay with, with uh, you know, you guys kind of being racing crazy. Uh, and um, Why didn't you rename R9K to something closer to what it's actually becoming? I think because people actually, that. I mean, they really identify, I mean, they came to identify with, they call themselves robots, uh, you know, like <laughs> R9K. It, it be, it be, they kind of created a whole culture around the robot and, you know, the, the script that was kind of blocking the dupe posts and uh, you know, just the way that they would kind of reference one another. And so, you know, that, and that, that's what they wanted. And, and actually, the, the thing that really kind of... Uh, forced my kind of made me re-add them is there's another community that you might be familiar with called Encyclopedia Dramatica yeah and ED was basically like you know the troll wiki right it was the like yeah. uh, you know unwiki where it was that's where the leave Britney alone came from is it yeah so yeah like so ED started as originally I think it was, it was intended to be a site to kind of catalog li live journal drama if we all remember live journal drama uh, yeah. and it very quickly became kind of a, a chronicle of uh, image board culture, you know, really a lot of the 4chan culture was kind of documented there. But again, all with this kind of not like know your meme style where it's very tries to be very kind of academic and understanding the origin of a meme and, and all those things. But very, again, very trolly, very just like, you know, just, just out there. But it had this really like hilarious, um, you know, it was it was kind of horrible, but like hilarious and it was incredible in its own way. And the proprietor of that site, uh, this girl, girl vinyl, um, Sherrod, deleted it um, without without warning and just and that community oh, been up for, for like five years uh, and or five or six years and she just she just killed it and she like ramrodded them into this new community called O Internet which is meant to be essentially I mean it's know your meme it's kind of like a cleaned up sterilized right. version of ED without right. any natural humor right. and people were like understandably just living <laughs> and, and, and upset because I mean yeah. which is with a drop of the hat. Uh, you know this thing that they'd come to love and and and, and you know feel a part of over the years and just again spent lots of time creating content and spreading content just just you know in a, in, the, in an instant it went away and so I you know realized that I had I mean I think that was like an atrocity as far as like just like I mean destroying you know again she didn't pass it an archive to anybody she just killed it right and and I looked at what I'd done and I said look I did the same thing I, I thought that was horrible and I said well I you know I'm a total hypocrite if I don't admit to myself that I did something on a kind of a smaller scale but just as kind of insensitive and stupid and so it's hard to, yeah it's hard to tell I mean we have these tiny tiny communities around stack exchange sites that aren't working that well um, that have three or four people there and we feel very bad about pulling the plug on them because we don't know if, the, if there really is a community there that feels that way or if this is just sort of an, you know a few accidental people that won't really mind when we have a you know in a few cases I, I won't won't name names but if you go to stackexchange.sites and and sort by traffic and scroll all the way down to the bottom you find some sites that have you know barely active participation you know one meta post a month uh, and uh we, the truth is, we probably want to close down the three or four least active sites, but we always still feel in beta, like, technically. Yeah, they're in beta. Yeah. They should have another chance. And we're always imagining the people on the other side there saying, you know, they're 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 getting value out of it. Why why take this away from them? I think it's important to yeah to do that. Like when we add boards, we, we usually say, look, this is a trial. Yeah. And um, but I think the, like one of the mistakes I've made is that it's kind of like the the length of that trial period and the kind of success metric is totally ambiguous. Um, sure. It and kind of is for us too. I mean, we do have official. I mean, there are things that we measure, but 
but I, it is it, it's hard. Yeah. There aren't clear cut cutoffs like you have to well, be there, above this number. Hold on, there is there is one key difference. I mean, the wiki model you're creating what I like to call national parks. These are permanent artifacts, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas what you're creating, Chris, is on, unfortunately it's not necessarily canvas. Is streams so like rivers, right? Like, like a water place, that a flows. place. Well, it's almost like a meeting place. Right? It's, like kind of, it's a meeting place, a meeting but place. everything's always changing. There's no permanent artifacts, right? Yeah. Like you can't, but. It's a little bit different, and that's my only point is I don't think those two models can be treated exactly the same way because I think what we do is we try to teach the community, look, the, the importance here is we're creating this, this park for people to enjoy. To the extent that your community is not creating a park that's livable for other people to enjoy in, then it shouldn't exist, right? It's not about your community. It's about the creation of the park. You're, you're caretakers of this park. You're forest rangers in this park. And to the extent that that's not working, nobody can come in and visit your park. There's getting no value out of it. The park is really tiny. It's just... There's no parking at the park. It doesn't work, right? There's too many bears, whatever it is, right? Park's not working. Yeah. Your, your community kind of needs to go away because you failed at your fundamental purpose, which is to create the park, not to be a community. That's not really the point. I mean, if you get that, that's great, but you've got to create the park, right? And I don't know that that really works for the streams because it's just, okay, it's a river. You just put stuff in, and every day it's different. Every minute it's different, right? Yeah, but I think that, I mean, what we've seen in the past is some boards just, again, they don't work because they just don't have, say, much to talk about. I think you... you mentioned in the past Joel the was it the atheism yeah site where it's just as it turns out after 90 days like all everything's yeah it's like you just run out of steam yeah um and I think we've seen that in some cases I can't even think of a specific example we've seen the the same thing happened though in the sense that some some just don't get huge right like the again the, the kind of paper craft and origami board that I mentioned earlier uh it, it's really really tiny I think it's the slowest board on the site but at the same time it it, it kind of self-governs, right? It doesn't, you know, it, it, because nobody, very few people use it, it doesn't use a lot of bandwidth. And because nobody really goes there to break rules, it doesn't take a lot of our time in terms of like, right. you know, moderation and whatnot. And it's developed a really, again, like there are say a few thousand people that use it every month, but they just love it. And that's where, you know, they've created kind of little, their own little community there's probably, there. There's probably a gigantic origami board someplace that these are the refugees of the gigantic <laughs> origami board. So we have similar problems where we might launch a site like our quantitative finance site that uh, uh, never gets enough traffic because there is a mega quantitative finance site somewhere else running awful software. But it is such a center of gravity that it's just, you know, you only get the people that for some reason haven't found the site that everybody else is using. Well, I think actually that's an interesting point, too, is that, you know, for the center of gravity, unfortunately, is slash B, right? It's the sure. random board. I mean, that is, I mean, I call it not center of gravity, but a gateway drug where a lot of people come in because they know 4chan for the culture that's produced by by random and and random is this kind of yeah. just just an experience to to behold and so when you first the, use it the, the people that participate in random uh, that are also interested in origami will go to your origami board right. just like we can fill up an auto mechanics site with programmers that are interested <laughs> in auto mechanics but we don't get the real auto mechanics on our auto mechanics site yeah i i, mean, I think your model is interesting it's different because right like you've sharded i mean you've taken a kind of a format right a, a platform that really works well for and you, and you sharded out to these very distinct um, kind of interspace communities where as we don't really, you know we have this kind of really uh you know interesting umbrella culture but then we we kind of drill down into all these different topics you know categories on the same site and so right you can come in to be as the gateway drug and i think this is what happens a lot of people eventually uh, graduate in a sense because they they start to after they kind of like you know peek out of oh whoa, what else is there here that I can look at they go oh well you know it turns out the anime board is pretty good and the sports board is is awesome and the uh, you know the, the the origami board exists and and people then kind of eventually kind of wean their wean themselves off of that and I think they grow up too right I mean like people come in as an eighteen year old they're probably really interested in the, in the human one on and by the time they're twenty one they're like more interested in like uh, you know like fashion and like cooking and they might find some utility out of those boards so. I think that's part of it. 
Uh, Alex is giving me uh, all kinds of sign language things, which say that we've probably gone rather long. Um, so I, I'll, I'll pretty much uh, cut it off. But uh, uh, Chris, do you have like a blog other than you've got um, uh, your moot on Twitter, right? Yeah, I have the moot on Twitter. M-O-O-T. Uh, yep. And then, and I also have the 4chan, the number 4, C-H-A-N, and then Canvas is C-A-N-V uh, underscore A-S. A-S. No, oh, as, your, a, as a Twitter, yeah. As your Twitter account. And then um, um, they should, people should check out, people that are afraid to check out 4chan because sometimes it gives you a heart attack, should go to <laughs> C-A-N-V.A-S. <laughs> check them both out. I, I think that uh, you know, 4chan is very interesting, even if it's not your kind of community, to see what that community is doing with that. But um, don't do it at work. Uh what else? Canvases work safe. Uh, that's actually, Canvases, that's, there you go. Really? That, that's a big difference. I don't that? know. People are like, why are you looking at pictures of huskies at work? <laughs> it's, a, it's okay. It's Stack Overflow. But, uh, We're doing our job companies. right. It's work safe. <laughs> it's not. At least there's no, uh, yeah, yes, no, nothing racy. Um, cool. Thank you very much for being on. Yeah, no, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it was great. I enjoyed it. Much appreciated. And we will we'll, uh, see you next week. Bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs>